0: Well, hello there, and welcome to Our Family Camping. Buck Ballard here, and if you are into, whether it's car camping, backpacking, RVing, whatever the case may be, the van life, the pop-up trailers, we do get into all of it, but uh, we're kind of laser-focusing in a little bit towards uh, the second half of this show on van life. Uh, Camping in a van, traveling in a van, doing a little boondocking, and we have a guest on who is... Just getting ready to get into that a little bit more, and we will be talking to him shortly. In the meantime, let me give you an idea of what we have all been up to. And yeah, you will have just me, Buck Ballard, for the first portion of the show, and then Nick will uh, join in and we'll get into our conversation. We finally got our first trip in here a couple of weeks ago, and now we're in, in northern Wisconsin, so... Pretty much, uh, mid-October to at least mid-April, you don't dare, uh, de-winterize your RV. It, it, it just race, runs the risk of freezing too high. So you still can use an RV. You just can't use the water system. If you flush, you just flush with pouring antifreeze out of the jug. You don't, uh, pump anything into it. So we generally just don't use it in the winter. It's easier that way. But we got it out the first time and went back to, uh, tillada falls campground in tillada wisconsin a little uh private campground right on the north embarrass river had our favorite site and just had a wonderful time spent a thursday night and a friday night out there and our daughter kate and her family uh, came out and joined us friday night so that was fun and we all came home saturday now last week was a little bit different last week we were home we had no plans on camping but it turned out uh both of our daughters, Kate and Kelly and their families, were going to be out at the same campground. And uh, Kate was only going to stay one night. And Kelly and her three boys were going to be out there uh, the two nights, Friday and Saturday night. So I just got the wild idea at about 2.30 in the afternoon. And I, I sent uh, Kelly a, a quick message and said, hey, you mind if I bring my uh, tent and sleep system out and just test out some pack backpacking gear? So uh, I did go out. Pitched my tent on the uh, same spot, and the owners were kind enough to—I paid five bucks for the extra vehicle, but they didn't charge me for the tent. Very nice people out there. A beautiful campground. So, uh, yeah, I did uh, get a chance to put together my uh, backpacking two-man pup tent, which is, you know, me and my gear, basically. And give that a try. uh, I've i got quite an innovative sleep system that cost me an entire, about 50 bucks. I'm going to do a YouTube video on that sleep system. And hopefully by the time this is out and you guys get it, uh, I'm doing this on the 7th of May. Hopefully by Monday, I'll have that YouTube video up on Our Family Camping's YouTube channel because there's nothing there yet. Still working on that. Uh, let's see, what else are we up to? So I did go by to pick up a part as I de-winterized the, is dewinterizing a word? Well, it's a word now. As I de-winterized our little 21-foot travel trailer, I did, I was taking it apart last year to winterize it, and I always take the, when I say taking it apart, there's you know, things you have to do. But I always pull that little rod out of the water heater, forget what it's called and that is to absorb all of the corrosion within your water heater so your water heater itself doesn't corrode, a little aluminum rod. So I pull that out, and then in the fall, in the spring, I put it back in. Well, I took it out last fall, and noticed it was about two-thirds of the way corroded through at the base, and I don't need it falling off in the water heater. So I, now if you follow us on Facebook, you saw that picture. I went down to the RV dealer, and picked up a new one. It was like 1895, and put that in. But while I'm there, the salesman uh, who sold us our little uh, Springdale Mini, and I always get a kick out of him. His name is Phil, and he, and he always remembers what you drive and what you bought, and even the floor plan because he took one look and he said "You got a new tool vehicle?" I said, yeah, I did. And, and uh, he said, you must not notice that little Springdale Mini back there. And he's just kind of a fun guy. But he told me I was asking him how sales were, and and he was telling me. Um, He said, we have about 140 units on the ground. And as of right now, about 120 of them are are sold. We have people just driving in saying, what do you have that we can buy today? Oh, we'll go find the tow vehicle for it. Tow vehicle's easy. It's hard to find an RV. So we are in, he's seen nothing like it over 20 years of selling at that dealership. It is just crazy. Um, And I drive through the lot and yeah, everything's marked sold. It, it's, there was some pictures I wanted to get of some interiors for some blog posts that I plan on writing for the site. And it's like, they're all sold. I can't let you in them. I'll gladly let you in anything for sale. But I, I can't let you in the ones that people have money on, which I'll give them credit for that. That says something to the dealership. So anyway, that it's interesting to see that state of affairs. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, where is camping and RVing going as we go forward? We had a major election we're going to stay out of the politics of that election. We, we don't do that in the camping show or in any of our shows. I just stay away from it. But we are going to talk about a giant, swift change that's coming upon us that we're going to have to deal with as campers and our RVers. We're either going to have to write bigger checks or change the way we do some things. And here's where that comes into play. It comes into play as we electrify. And, and like it or not, electric vehicles are making a mad insurgence on our economy and the way we live and it will change the way we camp it will change the way we rb it's going to change the equipment we buy i would not go out today and take out a 15-year loan on a sixty-thousand-dollar fifth wheel unless i plan on leaving it somewhere when i can't afford to tow it anymore and just have some weekend camp area um uh, What's it going to look like when the energy costs are phenomenal? It, it's just going to get worse and worse. Right now, and maybe it's better and better. That's all a matter of, of subject there. But right now, we filled up the pickup truck. I think I paid two sixty-two for the last um, two dollars and sixty-two cents a gallon for the last tank of gas. Now this is May seventh back before the election, I paid $1.97, and that's Costco prices, and Green Bay is pretty reasonable fuel prices. Wisconsin is not too bad on their fuel tax. So yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Other places are less. You get out to the West Coast, and it's more. So those fuel prices are not getting any lower, people. They're going to keep going up, and we're just going to have to adjust to them, either buy more efficient vehicles, uh, stay on top of service and things on our vehicle. I know some changes I can make to get better mileage out of my little F-150. And maybe the day will come I buy a little scooter or something to shoot back and forth to work when the weather allows. I can see all that happening, but energy prices will go up and that will affect what we can tow and what we can camp or, or, you know, what we take to camp in. I see. As long as the market will absorb these bigger rigs, the profit is just too great in them. The RV dealers will keep stocking them and building them. There's just too much profit to be made in a a 30-foot travel trailer, a 36-foot travel trailer that isn't there in a pop-up. But I do think we're going to start seeing some very innovative and more expensive smaller trailers. And you can look now at some that have been around for a long time. Scamper would be one. I think their biggest trailer is like a 17 foot fifth wheel or something, or, or 13 foot. It's, it's a little fifth wheel trailer, but they also have two uh, tow behinds. They're fiberglass, what they would call an egg camper, where they mold the fiberglass top, fiberglass bottom, and, and adhesive them together, and then build the camper. They have a waiting list as far as the eye can see. They certainly couldn't build to meet the supply or the demand. Um. We're also seeing some supply issues right now, and that, that's temporary. I think that will catch up from the COVID that's going on. Certainly in the automobile industry, in the pickup truck industry, uh, the circuit board backlog because of COVID is just crazy. And, and General Motors has said their trucks are averaging a mile to the gallon less in fuel economy because of not being able to get the right circuit boards to make the trucks run. What does that tell you about what's there? Kind of makes you wonder what else doesn't work. So we are going to see some changes and then that's going to be in what we use and in downsizing and in being more efficient. One of the other things Phil told me he was seeing, and this kind of surprised me to see this already, is a lot of new RVs, when you go to order them, there is no longer the dual fuel or three fuel refrigerator. Refrigerators will be 12 volt electric. End of story. No propane option, no 110 option, just 12 volt electric. And really, if you're 12-volt electric with an inverter, you're fine on shore power. But they're slowly weaning the propane out of the RV industry. You're going to start seeing cooktops electric only. It takes a whole lot of solar to run an electric cooktop. Uh, We have a long way to go on that. So you're going to be limited to generators and shore power. And how long will it be before the generators are a problem trying to buy? and uh trying to run anywhere. So I I see a big change in how we shift. Now, in that big change, I want to throw this in the mix. Um We do talk a lot about pop-ups because we all love pop-ups. Uh, two of our three kids use pop-ups for camping. Uh, Kate and uh, her boys have a, a pretty good-sized tent. So there's a lot going on in the pop-ups. I think we're going to see some innovative changes in what's available for smaller, more compact RVs and even teardrops that might have a little more creature comfort and luxury and ways to expand the space, but still have a way to have four solid walls and keep you safe from uh, bears and other things when you're in some of the national parks that won't allow soft-sided RVs. Um, There's just some big changes. One of those changes will definitely be the van life. And if you've been following any RV channels and stuff, you you know you know what the van life is. Uh, rather than a Class B motorhome, you just buy a cargo van or a conversion van and uh, put your junk in and off you go. And it, it's a, an inexpensive way to go, comparatively speaking. You can get anywhere. You can use it Monday through Friday and drive with it on the weekends. Uh, I work with a gentleman that has a – well, he actually has what would probably be equivalent to the smallest – um, u-haul moving van and uh, that's home he's he's done a very good job starting with a cargo uh, i guess you would call that a dry box van and converting it into a uh, a little one-room studio with all the amenities and a roof amenities amenities and a roof full of solar panels and these are the things that we are going to see more and more of as we go forward so with that in mind and, and putting stuff like that up on facebook I got to talking to Nick, who has been listening to the trucking podcast for quite some time and and followed us over there, and he's also a camper, and he and his wife, as he gets ready to retire from his job, sold their pop-up, and they bought a converted van, and, and that's their travel plans for retirement. They're not going to sell their house and live the van life or any of that, but they want to travel farther from home and take some longer trips and focus on being able to do some... Uh, dispersed camping and and some of that and a lot of boondocking um and, and it is going to be fun to see it's going to be fun to see how those things go out and with that in mind i said well nick let's get on the let's let's get on the phone and talk about it so nick and i had a great phone call and i want to share that with you um i do want to throw out one caveat before we get into uh my phone call with nick and this really concerns me b- because it it's What are we teaching we as campers, we as conservationists at heart? And I don't mean that as liberal or conservative. I just mean that as we are the caretakers of God's beautiful country. And we try to leave no trace. We try and leave a campsite cleaner than we found it. Backpacking, we try and pretty much clean up everything but our our, uh, footprints. We don't leave our garbage. We either bury our waste or take it out with us. And I mean our our our, our physical waste. Um, it's what we do, and it's what we need to raise the next generation for. Now in Oregon, and that's country that I love. I grew up out there. I used to camp in the Mount Hood National Forest and, and hang out with my friends up there at Bagby Hot Springs and some of those areas. We always packed out everything we brought in. Uh, that is not the case right now. The Mount Hood National Forest has been closed. For three or four years in a row now, they open it up and then close it right back down again because the dispersed campers are leaving garbage everywhere. And they do not have the time or the manpower to enforce the rules nor clean up after the slobs. So the answer is we will just close the campgrounds. So there's a lot of spots that you don't get to go camping anymore because we have a generation that didn't learn. Now let's go down into Nevada and into the uh, Reno area, a little bit down around Las Vegas. Again, you have dispersed camping. You have a a 14-day limit on these campgrounds, which is pretty generous. They should be three to five days, but they're 14-day limits. The problem is, A, the same thing in Oregon. You have people coming in and leaving a mess. Uh, the, The bigger problem is you have people leaving other states, and they're leaving without a whole lot of money, so they're buying some cheapy travel trailer, dragging it out to the dispersed camping site, setting up camp. Six weeks later, they find the job in town, and they just abandon everything. They never change the title. You can't track them down. It's just a mess. So now in Nevada, you're starting to lose, you know, what used to be wonderful, natural, dispersed camping, and it's gone. We have lost the privilege of using, you know, government lands to basically go camp for free on and just leave no trace because everybody's leaving garbage. I say that just, you know, teach your kids, teach your grandkids. We clean up after ourselves. And it is just the sacred rule of camping of backpacking of hiking of enjoying nature leave no trace leave it cleaner than you found it uh, with that let's jump into the phone call with nick and uh i'll talk to you on the other side <laughs> nick what's going on brother oh what a great day we're having our first 70 degree day here in the
1: seattle area and i'm going camping this weekend
0: well that is awesome for those of you who don't know Nick's been following us for a while with, with the trucking podcast uh with our family camping. And uh, I think you've been in the community for a while between the different things we've been involved in. And that's been fun. What struck me uh with you and I conversing is I, I just talked before you called in into the podcast about uh what the future is going to look like. Downsizing, being a little more economical, being a little smaller carbon footprint and all of that stuff. Love it or hate it. It's real brother. And it's coming. So, I think camping and RVing are going to reflect that. You have been a pop-up camper for a lot of years, you and your uh, bride and kids and grandkids, have you not? Yeah, that's true. Uh, we, our first
1: trailer was a pop-up. We got it, I picked it up actually about four years ago. And uh, we would go to the same spot most of the time and uh, use it there for ex, you know extended weekends and, and such. But yeah, we did like the pop up a lot. But um, the wife and I are getting close to retirement age, and we want to be on the go a little bit more.
0: So you bought what, like a forty-foot Winnebago? <laughs> no, no, that won't fit in my garage. But I, uh, <laughs> no, I picked up a uh, Chevy
1: Express, uh, somebody that built it out already, and I actually found it on RV Trader.
0: Oh wow. So by built it out, what's, what's Chevy Express, by the way, is a full-size van with what, what you would call what, like a aftermarket uh, interior inside it, or was it a, a, because it looks from the pictures you sent me, it looks like a, uh, your typical conversion van you would see at a distance.
1: Yeah. um, The guy I bought it from was a professional home builder, um, high-end home builder. He did most of the work himself. Uh, He started off with a straight cargo van with the barn doors oh wow and uh he yeah he built the cabinetry and insulated it and uh, i was really impressed with the pictures that i saw um so i jumped on it i uh grabbed myself a one-way ticket to sacramento and flew down there and drove it up in a weekend
0: wow now are the side doors barn doors also yeah the side doors
1: are barn doors it is the 135 wheelbase so it's it's the basic, uh, short van, shorter van, not the extended. And Same thing that a lot, a lot of the plumbers and electricians would use, but he put the RV windows in it, tinted them. I mean, he did a really, really nice job on this thing.
0: It looks beautiful in the pictures that, uh, you sent me. The barn doors, if, if you don't want, don't know what that means, it means one opens and swings left and one opens and swings right, uh, as opposed to the big sliding door on the side. And the nice thing about that is it just extended the interior of your van outwards a little bit because you can attach tables and storage and things to those doors and really utilize those while standing on the ground like the the old days of the Westphalia Volkswagens uh, with the barn doors. It is, it is a neat feature and not that easy to find. Yeah, that and you
1: can put bigger wheels and tires on it and um, adjust your suspension, give it a little lift if you want to go off-roading. It makes it easier to do that.
0: Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah, with some of the support structure in there, it would. The other thing you'll see a lot of conversion companies do is use the barn doors, and you just don't, you just have to open one door to for ingress and egress. Just the front door swing that open, and there might even be appliances or something behind that uh, the the door on the rear side of the van of the of the barn doors on the side. It, it, it's a neat setup. I I like that setup. Uh, It looks like he had some uh, somebody very good do the upholstery as far as cushioning and things because that looks really nice.
1: Yes, he he had that professionally done and um, put in a power system, a water system. uh, The uh, uh, passenger chair or seat swivels around, which is nice. Which is what my wife wanted. She wanted a comfortable seat and be able to swivel around. (laughs) It's it's just really comfortable and. uh, um, honestly, this weekend is going to be our our first overnight
0: together in it.
1: This so is gonna, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited.
0: This is going to be the shakedown with the two of you, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we did do a, 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 a
1: shakedown uh, a couple weeks ago just um, during the day because we bought a new awning. We bought a new table. We wanted to set everything up and just get familiar with everything and So we
0: got that all out of the way, and that was fun. There is a plethora of van life YouTube videos, and it's fascinating to see what different people do to the inside. And yours looks certainly more professionally done, probably from the skill level of the uh, carpenter, than a lot of them that I've seen. It doesn't look like somebody bought uh, whatever was on sale at Home Depot and glued it to the walls. That is nice. Are you planning on doing some winter trips in this also or, or just uh, just summertime?
1: Well, I hope to be doing a lot of winter trips because I'm going to be retiring in a year and then we'll be moving down to Arizona, so we'll be doing a lot of winter trips down there.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Moab is on uh, my bucket list, but that might have to wait. Uh, oh, I don't know. It'll, it'll definitely wait two or three or four years, but I will get there. Or <laughs> well, I want to get out of your way, too, and do some... Uh,
1: do some Door County, and um, uh, visit the Great Lakes and and all that. All of that's in our plans over the next you know five ten years. So, really looking forward to that.
0: Well, and here's what is intriguing with the way you're going. And if you if you you buy the right tires, maintain it properly, uh, drive you know, conservatively, what are you expecting to get for that going down the highway at say sixty five miles an hour economy wise? Well. I got
1: about twelve coming home. Now that's Sacramento up to Seattle, and I was, you know, I was, I was putting the foot in the throttle a little bit, and uh, uh, and we had the Siskiyou to deal with. It was straight up I five, and oh, yeah. I was getting like twelve. Like I said, Um, I think that if I keep it in the fifty-five to sixty sweet spot, and of course, you know, not be in any hurry to get anywhere, I've heard mid is pretty good. I've got the 4.8 liter small block V8. Yeah. The LR20 engine. So I think that I should be able to do fairly decently economy wise.
0: You know, you look at that as opposed to 10 if you're lucky out of pulling a little travel trailer. Granted, pop-ups pull a little easier, but now you have solid walls and a certain amount of stealth. I just see as fuel becomes more expensive, people staying closer to home. And some of these yes. people with, with the big old 36-foot fifth wheel or 40-foot fifth wheel or whatever the case may be, they're going to be putting those things on a permanent site and not traveling with them because it's just going to be cost prohibitive for the average schmuck like you and I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I couldn't imagine getting five to six or seven miles a gallon uh, pushing down the highway like that, pulling pulling your car maybe. I don't know. Boy, I just... Don't know how people do well. Traveling all the time and moving all the time, which is what we want to do. There's there's a lot of America I have yet to see. So that's, that's the goal.
0: You know, and that's kind of where I'm at. I've seen all 48 states, but I want to see them differently than buzzing down the interstate. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> true. I, I did a little bit of long haul when I was uh, younger, in my younger days. And yeah, I did see a lot of interstate and a lot of um, warehouse laptop and warehouse
0: areas and that's not what i want to see anymore yeah that part of it gets old somebody says a city philadelphia uh, chicago any of those and my mind goes to where the cheap warehouses are and they're not the places that anybody would want to visit and most of them uh, you just get out of there before the sun goes down
1: Yes, you try to avoid the traffic jams.
0: Yeah, and and, and that is life in over-the-road trucking, which I've done a a good chunk of my career in. And now I'm, you know, right here local in Green Bay. And, uh, yeah, we will get our trailer out of storage next weekend. And and, actually, we will get it out of storage tomorrow when we have our first trip next week. I think Thursday night and Friday night we're we're heading out. And that'll be our uh, first trip of the camping season for here in northern Wisconsin, where all is cold and icy all winter long. Where is your first hey, How's the way- What's that?
1: Oh, go ahead. Where is I'm your sorry, I was just going to say how is your weather there for your first weekend?
0: It's looking like it's going to be pretty good. We we had just a little scare of snow yesterday, but a lot of sun last week. There's some there's a really good network of hiking trails around here, and we've been out on a few mm-hmm. of them and, and they're still a little muddy and uh, and some of that. And, and you know, some of the backpacking and things I want to do, I've been out working on some of those trails a little more trying to get a little weight on my back and and do a little rucking and get prepared for it. But where is your first long trip? Do you have have a plan?
1: A long trip will be in July. I'm going to meet some friends um, down near Bend, and we're going to do some river tubing. And um, it's actually going to be a solo trip for me because I got to leave the wife at home because she doesn't have as much vacation time as I do. So I'm going to meet friends. We're going to go river tubing and I'm actually going to, um, uh, do some solo traveling and utilize some harvest hosts and, uh, Boondockers welcome, um, stuff that I've been paying for for a couple of years and never used.
0: Oh, that'll be neat. I know what it's like to do stuff like that. If you've never done uh, either tubing or whitewater rafting, I've done the Deschutes a couple of times living out there and, and that was a lot of fun. And that was in rafting, uh a lot of fun places for tubing around there it, it, it's a blast but uh here, we're
1: staying at some park
0: near La Pine i know for right a few days i know right where that is i have family over in eastern oregon in the burns area in in harney county and of course i grew up in portland uh two of my sisters yes. were born in bend as a matter of fact so uh and
1: um yeah i'm looking really looking forward to that i have been to bend before and and did the tubing thing from, there was a park in Bend and it takes you right through town and you pull out at another park and then you can go up and uh, have a frosty cold beverage uh, right there. It, it, was, it was really amazing I look forward to doing that again.
0: Oh Yeah, that should be fun. That area has grown like crazy in the last two decades. It's, it's just nuts. I drove through it a couple of years back, uh, going back from... Burns back into Portland to see a, a, some family in Portland. And wow, that city has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll, that'll be awesome. What is the biggest thing you think you're giving up going from a pop-up to the van?
1: Actually, I don't think I'm giving much up at all. I did like the open air feeling when it's real warm out, you could open up all the windows and get the breeze coming through and, and the peacefulness at night, I liked that. Now, I haven't really spent a night in the van yet. I did get some uh, screen material, some Skeeter beaters with the um, um, magnets on it to use on the barn doors and uh, the front windows. And um, I don't know I just I like the idea of, of with the pop up of setting it up and having a, a base camp. Mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of camping I'll be doing now. We're going to be more on the move. Yeah. And um, setup and takedown is going to be a quarter of the time.
0: Oh, <laughs> so, you, I was just going to ask you, and what is the gain? If you were going to definitively, definitively put that in one sentence, what would be the gain of going to where you're going?
1: Uh, the gain is uh, being able to pack up and leave in 15 minutes. Um, When you have to go to work on Monday morning, you can uh, spend a little more time camping instead of a whole lot of time cleaning up and packing everything away.
0: I agree on both counts. And and also when the time comes, you can uh, camp stealth pretty easily if you need to uh, pull into an area in a state where it's safe. You can pull into a rest area and crash for the night and nobody looks twice. So there are a lot of advantages to that. and uh hats off to you and your wife for for taking on that type of a project everybody gets so worked up over well you don't have a bathroom you know most people do not have a bathroom when they camp they make do with the outdoors a porta potty whatever the case may be um you, you know and you shower in the campgrounds and if you have to you go stop at a decent truck stop and pay them 10 bucks and use the shower there there are ways to get that stuff done
1: I'm really lucky that my wife has an open mind to all of that. She's she's pretty um re, um I don't want to say resilient, but she's she's I don't know, she's a she's a great trooper. <laughs>
0: you you know, and, and yeah, Chris and I road trip very well together and, and everything is a compromise. I I really one of my favorite combinations is a pickup and, and slide and truck camper, but there again the aerodynamics are not working in your favor with, with that big overhang and that big catch between the cab and the camper. But you know, it's a great way to travel because you have everything you need on four wheels. And that was our reintroduction years ago back in, but it's just not enough space inside. And and maybe we're beyond a desire to climb up into that overhead bunk these days, rather than just go to bed. But you know, 21 feet's not bad. Everything is a compromise. You just keeping everybody happy. Happy wife, happy life.
1: For sure, and you know, I looked into going that route as well. I I really kind of was enamored with the with the um, four wheel or what is it? The uh, oh shoot, it's, it's the camper that's on the truck that has the little pop up on it. Oh yeah, I think it's called four wheel campers. Yep. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Um, boy, I, I, saw a few videos on that of people that had those on trucks, uh, but you really need a good one ton truck to put that much weight on it and travel that way. But they had everything in them. I mean, you could have your bathroom, you could have this shower, you had your kitchen and galley, and it, it was, they were pretty nice. Um, but you do have to climb up to go to bed and, um, you know, that's just one thing. Um, like you said, everything's a compromise. But um, I ran into this van, and I'm telling you, I probably spent about a third of what I thought I was going to spend on a camper.
0: You know, that's what's part of what's exciting. I remember hearing on a, I believe it was an episode of There's a podcast called The entrep- uh, RV Entrepreneur, and it you know deals with the RV industry, and it also deals. More than that with people who are on the go and maybe working mobile live, living full time in an r v traveling and still carrying carrying their uh, workload but one of the interviews was a a guy down in California who made a couple of custom interiors for those little dodge ram sprinter van type things they' they're much smaller than a like the i'm trying to think of what they call them um but you know what I'm talking about. They're a ProMaster city. Yeah, exactly. So he made yeah. s- he made some I... he made some interiors for those. Well, he ended up selling uh, hundreds of them over the course of a few years because rental companies are buying them up and renting those vans out.
1: Yes, I have uh, seen those, and I believe there was a company here in the Seattle area that was doing that. It might be the same one. I believe they moved down into California and they're doing it there and on a much bigger scale now. And they're pretty neat. I mean, way too small for me, but, uh, they're, they're pretty neat for what they are.
0: You know, they're, they're a place to sleep in the dry and store your stuff. Certainly not the, uh, roam room that you have within the van you have. Um, I look at some of the other really unique offerings. Now, we are now uh, Jeep Wrangler owners. It's something we've always wanted. We finally found one that fit in our budget that was extremely nice and had the bulk of its life towed behind a motorhome. So we jumped on that. But there is a company called Phoenix Pop-Up, and they actually make a pop-up camper top so you can take off the hard top that your four-door Jeep came with, put on that phoenix pop-up top and now you have a pop-up bunk much like you would in a pop-up volkswagen or any other clamshell type pop-up bed it's just the stuff that's out there now and the choices people have and again there's something that it's not going to get you 30 miles to the gallon but it's sure going to beat the heck out of a uh uh, you know some of the alternatives brand new now and and uh, cooking wise do you have any cooking within the van or you plan on doing that all on camp stoves and things like that
1: yeah, I don't have any, there's no stove or anything in the van. Basically, I have a sink. I have a five gallon fresh water tank and a five gallon gray. Um, and I've got 200 amp hour AGM H&M batteries to power all the 12 volts. So all the lights. I've got a fan that's hired, hardwired into the, um, uh, wall. And that's really about it. I'm just going to use the, um, the old gas one. Stove, bring along a blackstone griddle, you know, keep everything in bins and um, just bring along what I specifically need for the weekend that we're going to be going. We're going to be pretty much doing long weekends for now. I do have the longer trip in July planned, um, But uh, when we do travel, we're going to have to pare down some of our gear quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that you will. <laughs> but, and there, there may be a roof carrier in your future or something along that line. Don and Nikki now Don has, they, they have a pop-up and they've had that pop-up for, oh my gosh, over 10 years. They have never cooked inside. They, they cook outside?
1: No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know,
1: the smells and everything else that, that you can get, um, just, I just assume keep it outside. I mean, if the weather's inclement, um, you can always boil some water and, and, make a mountain house meal or, uh, or just stop off and pick up some sub sandwiches or whatever. Um, there's a lot of options there. But uh, as far as cooking inside the van, I've seen people do it. Um, just not my style.
0: I have never seen a bear story of a bear breaking into a van and uh, getting at the food. So you have a safety factor there with solid walls. And th- that is a concern when you go through uh, – Teton National Forest, some of the areas of Yellowstone, you don't get it in the state parks or the national parks. You get it in the private campgrounds, which is a lot of business. And they'll just mm-hmm. have signs up that say, no soft side trailers. And, you know, that is a concern.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, if a bear really wants to get into anything, they pretty much can, I think. <laughs> <So> I've <laughs> yeah. seen some of that happen. Not personally, but um, on TV uh, and the I don't know. I, I haven't really camped in too many wild areas like that, although I do live in the Pacific Northwest. We've pretty much stuck with state parks and um, uh, other campgrounds like that. But uh, I plan on getting out to the Tetons. I haven't been there before, so we did drive through Glacier one time, and I did see a grizzly bear off into the distance as we were doing the going to the Sun Road. But uh I haven't really stayed in anything. Why' is that country
0: like that, yeah, yeah, you've got to get back in there and and you know if you're in a group and making noise, they don't want anything to do with you for the most part, so uh it it it'll be a learning experience for me as I get into uh getting into the back trails and things backpacking and doing some of that stuff I plan on uh starting out this summer, so let's see you're on a you're on a break at work, are you not? I am. So I probably need to cut you loose but uh van life there's just a lot of uh, a lot of good information out there and a lot of hey we tried this for 6 months and it didn't work and uh the famous we've been robbed video because everybody who has a YouTube channel on van life and talks about where they are it seems at some point somebody finds it and hey there's video equipment in there and uh one of them <clears> specifically <throat> I remember it happening to and they were in a big uh Oh shoot. What was there at a big road trek, and yeah, they were in in having supper and, uh, came back and the van had been broken into and several thousand dollars worth of computer and audio equipment were gone. And they even had a camera that recorded the whole thing inside and out, uh, with a good drive cam. And you know, when the police came, they said, well, you can, uh, email us a copy of that video, but we're just too busy to go looking for them." And, you know, sadly, the good thing was they locked their dog in the bathroom and, uh, um did you know so their dog was was safe, and you know most dogs aren't guard dogs they'll they'll lick your hand and lead you to the color t v set
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um something that uh I think about if we're going you know you go on a hike and and you leave your van there and you're on a long trip, I mean everything's in there, and um so I think a good security system um even a, a GPS tracker, I mean, what happens if somebody can get in and start it and drive off? And where are you then? Those yeah. are some things that do concern me. Um, I plan on, you know, looking into security like that for when we do take off and become kind of, I don't know, not full-time people because we plan on having a house, but we do want to go travel a lot. So,
0: yeah, um, you got to think about those things. You know, they're all things you have to think out. And I I wanted to put some new wheels on my my truck is a 2010 and the aluminum wheels in Wisconsin. They're corroded and and not all that pretty to look at anymore. So I'll I'll get some new wheels when I get new tires this next time around. And uh, no, now that I know it's going to be unattended in some uh, state parks and and national parks uh, for a few days at a time, those old wheels are staying right there.
1: (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful. I, I do hear people say
1: that, oh yeah, well, we've never had a problem, never had anything stolen, we'll leave our chairs out, leave our grill out, leave this out, and and it only takes that one time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that it does. You know what, in a campground, leave a few kids' toys around, because they don't know if the kids are napping or the kids are uh, out and about, but they think there's kids, they might not go around. <laughs> Or a dog
1: bull.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Even if there you don't you. have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That always helps, too. Brother, I am going to let you go. I'm glad we were able to connect. I just kind of wanted to give people a taste of, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways to camp. And none of them are wrong. But as you think in the future, things are going to get a little more expensive and... and uh that's not a bad way to go that's a great vagabond way to to travel and see the campgrounds see the country and and you can still get into the cities and see the things you might want to see
1: absolutely and thanks a lot for having me on it was great to actually talk to you after all these years oh yeah I, i really love what you do and um my best to chris and don and um his family,
0: and um, I hope we can do this again sometime. We definitely will, and I thank you for uh, for connecting. We will do this again. <laughs> Once again, I want to throw out a big thank you to Nick for being on the show, for uh, calling and, and sharing his uh, experience and, and things going on, and actually some nice pictures of that van. I'll post those up on Facebook. I will be writing a post somewhere down the line on van life. I, I have not uh, quite decided the plan of attack on that but, you know, if any of you guys, whatever you're camping in, however you roll, if, if you have a, I'll tell you, those of you who have built your own stuff, those of you who have, um, maybe you're running in a teardrop or some specialized, uh, there, there's so many smaller, lighter things out there. Or maybe you've just decided to go all car camping, but you're going out for a week, two weeks at a time and traveling the country. I would love to hear from you. I would love to talk to you on the show. So if you have an opinion on any of this, uh, or if you think, hey, Buck, you're full of crap. Gasoline is going to be cheap and plentiful for the next 30 years. Uh, you know, more power to you. Give me a call. Maybe we'll uh, talk about that on an episode. But uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on where the future is going. And that's what I am going to focus on is uh, w- the big changes that we need to be ready for. So uh, with that, again, thank you, Nick, for being on the show. Ourfamilycamping at gmail.com goes right to my phone. Uh, again, you can join the Facebook group. Uh, facebook.com and just go to Our Family Camping and send in a request and and we'll let you in. There's almost 160 people in there, which considering I did nothing on Facebook for two or three months, I'm pretty surprised that it was there. I'm not on it every day, um, but I do check it every couple of days. So send in a member request. If you're already in there, do you got a comment or things you want to add on? Let me know. If you have... I'm not a big product review guy. Hey, I use this, 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 this. Check out my link and click on it and I get a commission. I'm not a big affiliate link guy. Chris and I aren't Amazon people. We like buying stuff where we see it. But that being said, I use Amazon mainly because I can put a picture up of what I'm talking about. But I'd love to know the gear and the stuff that you guys recommend and that you guys use. Beyond what I recommend and use, I will be doing some YouTube videos on some of my backpacking equipment purchases um, I bought my entire sleep system which is sleeping bag pillow and sleeping pad I'm in at 52 bucks and I'm excited to talk about that that was pretty cool With that hey we will see you all next time and uh, thank you for listening Shiny side up god bless and uh, happy camping go. cup of coffee in the morning and I get the paper. I check the headlines and decide that I am bored. I check my email and I decide to answer later. Another cup of coffee and I drag myself to work. My life is drowning. I love